Hey everyone, welcome back to the Children of Our Lady podcast, brought to you by the Catholic Family Podcast. My name is Thomas, and I'm glad you could all be here today. I thank you all for coming by to yet another episode, and I hope everybody's continuing to have a great, blessed Christmas season. Of course, it's nearing its close, but it's still time for us to enjoy the wonderful beauty of this season, the nice music, the nice decorations, and all the joys of the Christmas season as we near the beginning of pre-Lent and, of course, Lent next month. But it's not that time yet, so we should continue to focus on the wonderful Christmas season that we are still in. So there's still Christmas music from the Kosovic Choir in our intros and outros. A special thank you to them. Here today on this episode of the Children of Our Lady podcast, we continue through and conclude Chapter 8 of The Glories of Mary by St. Alphonsus Liguori. A very nice chapter from the book. I like how St. Alphonsus structured the three sections within it. Obviously, the first one, which was a fantastic reading, dealing with Mary delivering her clients from hell. The second section, the one we read last week, dealing with how Our Lady suckers her clients in purgatory. And today, we conclude with the reading of chapter 8, with section 3, How Mary Leads Her Servants to Heaven. Another good reading and a good close to a great chapter. And so I think we'll go ahead and get right into it with our reading today of section three of chapter eight. Come back for a few more words, our quote, and our prayer to Our Lady. Chapter eight, section three. Mary leads her servants to heaven. Oh, what an evident mark of predestination have the servants of Mary. The Holy Church, for the consolation of her clients, puts into her mouth the words of Ecclesiasticus. In all these I sought rest, and I shall abide in the inheritance of the Lord. Cardinal Hugo explains these words and says, Blessed is he in whose house the Most Holy Virgin finds repose. Mary, out of the love she bears to all, endeavors to excite in all devotion towards herself. Many either do not admit it into their souls or do not preserve it. But blessed is he that receives and preserves it. And I shall abide in the inheritance of the Lord. That is, adds the Cardinal, and those who are the inheritance of our Lord. Devotion towards the Blessed Virgin remains in all who are the inheritance of our Lord, that is to say, in all who will praise Him eternally in heaven. Mary continues, speaking in the words of Ecclesiasticus, He that made me rested in my tabernacle, and he said to me, Let thy dwelling be in Jacob, and thy inheritance in Israel, and take root in my elect. That is, my Creator has condescended to come and repose in my bosom, and his will is that I should dwell in the hearts of all the elect, of whom Jacob was a figure, and who are the inheritance of the Blessed Virgin, and that devotion and confidence in me should take root in all the predestined. Oh, how many blessed souls are there now in heaven who would never have been there had not Mary by her powerful intercession led them thither. I made that in the heavens there should rise light that never faileth. Cardinal Hugo, in his commentary on the above text of Ecclesiasticus, says in the name of Mary, I have caused as many lights to shine eternally in heaven as I have clients. And then he adds, There are many saints in heaven through her intercession, who would never have been there but through her. St. Bonaventure says that the gates of heaven will open to all who confide in the protection of Mary. Hence, St. Ephraim calls devotion to the Divine Mother the unlocking of the gates of the heavenly Jerusalem. 
The devout Blosius also, addressing our Blessed Lady, says, To thee, O Lady, are committed the keys and the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. And therefore we ought constantly to pray to her, in the words of St. Ambrose, Open to us, O Mary, the gates of paradise, since thou hast its keys. Nay more, the church says that thou art its gate. For the same reason, again, is this great mother called by the church the star of the sea. Hail, star of the sea. For, says the angelic St. Thomas, as sailors are guided by a star to the port, so are Christians guided to heaven by Mary. For the same reason, finally, is she called by St. Peter Damian the heavenly ladder. For, says the saint, by Mary God descended from heaven into the world, that by her men might ascend from earth to heaven. And thou, O lady, says St. Athanasius, wast filled with grace, that thou mightest be the way of our salvation, and the means of ascent to the heavenly kingdom. St. Bernard calls our blessed lady the heavenly chariot, and St. John Geometra salutes her, saying, Hail, resplendent car, signifying that she is the car in which her clients mount to heaven. Blessed are they who know thee, O mother of God, says St. Bonaventure, for knowledge of thee is the high road to everlasting life, and the publication of thy virtues is the way of eternal salvation. In the Franciscan Chronicles it is related that Brother Leo once saw a red ladder, on the summit of which was Jesus Christ, and a white one, on the top of which was his Most Holy Mother. And he saw some who tried to ascend the red ladder, and they mounted a few steps and fell. They tried again and again fell. They were then advised to go and try the white ladder, and by that one they easily ascended, for our Blessed Lady stretched out her hand and helped them, and so they got safely to heaven. Dennis the Carthusian asks, Who is there that is saved? Who is there that reigns in heaven? And he answers, They are certainly saved and reign in heaven for whom this Queen of Mercy intercedes. And this Mary herself confirms in the book of Proverbs. By me kings reign. Through my intercession souls reign, first in this mortal life by ruling their passions, and so come to reign eternally in heaven, where, says St. Augustine, all are kings. Mary, in fine, says Richard of St. Lawrence, is the mistress of heaven, for there she commands as she wills and admits whom she wills. And applying to her the words of Ecclesiasticus, and my power was in Jerusalem, he makes her say, I command what I will, and introduce whom I will. Our Blessed Lady, being Mother of the Lord of Heaven, it is reasonable that she also should be Sovereign Lady of that kingdom, according to Rupert, who says, that by right she possesses the whole kingdom of her Son. St. Antoninus tells us that this Divine Mother has already, by her assistance and prayers, obtained heaven for us, provided we put no obstacle in the way. Hence, says the abbot Guaric, he who serves Mary and for whom she intercedes is as certain of heaven as if he was already there. St. John Damascene also says that to serve Mary and be her courtier is the greatest honor we can possibly possess, for to serve the Queen of Heaven is already to reign there, and to live under her commands is more than to govern. On the other hand, he adds, that those who do not serve Mary will not be saved, for those who are deprived of the help of this great mother are also deprived of that of her son and of the whole court of heaven. May the infinite goodness of our Lord be ever praised, says St. Bernard, for having been pleased to give us Mary as our advocate in heaven, that she, being at the same time the mother of our judge and a mother of mercy, may be able, by her intercession, to conduct to a prosperous issue the great affair of our eternal salvation. St. James, a doctor of the Greek church, says that God destined Mary as a bridge of salvation, by using which we might with safety pass over the stormy sea of this world and reach the happy haven of paradise. Therefore, St. Bonaventure exclaims, Give ear, O ye nations, and all you who desire heaven. Serve, honor Mary, and certainly you will find eternal life. 
nor should those even who have deserved hell be in the least doubtful as to obtaining heaven, provided they are faithful in serving this queen. Oh, how many sinners, says St. Germanus, have found God and have been saved by thy means, O Mary. Richard of St. Lawrence remarks that St. John in the Apocalypse says that Mary was crowned with stars, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. On the other hand, in the sacred canticles, she is said to be crowned with wild beasts, lions, and leopards. Come from Libanus, my spouse, come from Libanus, come, thou shalt be crowned. From the dens of the lions, from the mountains of the leopards. How is this? He answers that, These wild beasts are sinners, who by the favor and intercession of Mary have become stars of paradise, better adapted to the head of this queen of mercy than all the material stars of heaven. We read in the life of the servant of God, Sister Serafina of Capri, that once during the novena of the Assumption of Mary, she asked our Blessed Lady for the conversion of a thousand sinners, but afterwards thought that she had asked too much. And then the Blessed Virgin appeared to her, and corrected her for her ungrounded anxiety, saying, Why dost thou fear? Is it that I am not sufficiently powerful to obtain from my son the conversion of a thousand sinners? See, I have already obtained the favor. With these words she took her in spirit to heaven, and there showed her innumerable souls which had deserved hell, but had been saved through her intercession, and were already enjoying eternal happiness. It is true that in this world no one can be certain of his salvation. Man knoweth not whether he be worthy of love or hatred, says Ecclesiastes. But St. Bonaventure on the words of King David, Lord, who shall dwell in thy tabernacles? And on the preceding quotation answers, Sinners, let us follow Mary closely, and casting ourselves at her feet, let us not leave them until she has blessed us, for her blessing will ensure our salvation. It suffices, O lady, says St. Anselm, that thou willest it, and our salvation is certain. And St. Antoninus says that, Souls protected by Mary, and on which she cast her eyes, are necessarily justified and saved. With reason, therefore, observes St. Idelphonsus, did the Most Holy Virgin predict that all generations would call her blessed. For all the elect obtain eternal salvation through the means of Mary. And thou, O great mother, says St. Methodius, art the beginning, the middle, and the end of our happiness. The beginning, for Mary obtains us the pardon of our sins. The middle, for she obtains us perseverance and divine grace. And the end, for she finally obtains us heaven. By thee, O Mary, was heaven opened, says St. Bernard. By thee was hell emptied. By thee was paradise restored. And through thee, in fine, is eternal life given to so many miserable creatures who deserved eternal death. But that which above all should encourage us to hope with confidence for heaven is the beautiful promise made by Mary herself to all who honor her, and especially to those who, by word and example, endeavor to make her known and honored by others. They that work by me shall not sin. They that explain me shall have life everlasting. O happy they who obtain the favor of Mary, exclaimed St. Bonaventure. They will be recognized by the blessed as their companions, and whoever bears the stamp of a servant of Mary is already enrolled in the book of life. Why then should we trouble ourselves about the opinions of scholastics as to whether predestination to glory precedes or follows the prevision of merits? If we are true servants of Mary and obtain her protection, we most certainly shall be inscribed in the book of life. For, says St. John Damascene, God only grants devotion towards his most holy mother to those whom he will save. This is also clearly expressed by our Lord in St. John. He that shall overcome, I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God. And who but Mary is this city of God? Observes St. Gregory on the words of David. Glorious things are said of thee, O city of God. Correctly then can we here say with St. Paul, 
Having this seal, the Lord knoweth who are his. That is to say, whoever carries with him the mark of devotion to Mary is recognized by God as his. Hence, St. Bernard writes that devotion to the mother of God is a most certain mark of eternal salvation. Blessed Alan, speaking of the Hail Mary, also says that whoever often honors our Blessed Lady with this angelic salutation has a very great mark of predestination. He says the same thing of perseverance in the daily recital of the Rosary, that those who do so have a very great assurance of salvation. Father Nirenberg says in the tenth chapter of his book On Affection for Mary that the servants of the Mother of God are not only privileged and favored in this world, but even in heaven they are more particularly honored. He then adds that in heaven they will be recognized as servants of its queen and as belonging to her court by a distinguishing and richer garment. According to the words of the Proverbs, all her domestics are clothed with double garments. St. Mary Magdalene of Pazzi saw a vessel in the midst of the sea. In it were all the clients of Mary, and this blessed mother herself steered it safely into the port. By this the saint understood that those who live under the protection of Mary are secure in the midst of the dangers of this life from the shipwreck of sin, and from eternal damnation. For she guides them safely into the haven of salvation. Let us then enter this blessed ship of the mantle of Mary, and there we can be certain of the kingdom of heaven. For the church says, O holy mother of God, all those who will be partakers of eternal happiness dwell in thee, living under thy protection. Example Caesarius relates that a Cistercian who was very devout to the Blessed Virgin desired to receive a visit from this dear lady, and continually asked for it in his prayers. Being one night in the garden, as he was looking up to heaven, and sighing with the desire of seeing her, he beheld a beautiful virgin coming down from heaven surrounded with light, who said to him, Thomas, would you hear me sing? Certainly, he replied, and forthwith the virgin sang with such sweetness that the monk believed himself to be in paradise. As soon as she had ceased to sing, she disappeared, leaving him full of desire to know who she was. But behold, another most beautiful virgin appeared to him, who also let him hear her sing. Upon this he could no longer restrain himself from asking who she might be. She replied, She whom you saw just now was Catherine, and I am Agnes, both martyrs of Jesus Christ, and we are sent by Our Lady to console you. Give thanks to Mary and prepare yourself to receive a greater favor. And saying this, she disappeared. But the monk had now greater hopes to see at last his queen. He was not deceived, for he presently saw a bright light, and felt his heart filled with a new joy. And behold, the mother of God appeared in the midst of that light, surrounded by angels, and of a beauty incomparably greater than that of the two other saints, and said to him, My dear servant and son, I have accepted your devotion to me, and have heard your prayers. You have desired to see me. Behold me, and I will allow you to hear me also sing. The Most Holy Virgin began to sing, and so great was the sweetness that the pious monk lost his senses and fell with his face to the ground. The bell for matins rang, the monks assembled in choir, and not seeing Thomas sought for him in his cell and in other places. At last they found him in the garden, as it were, dead. The superior ordered him to relate what had happened to him, and then coming to himself, through virtue of obedience, he related all the favors he had received from the Divine Mother. Prayer O Queen of Heaven, Mother of Holy Love, since Thou art the most amiable of creatures, the most beloved of God, and His greatest lover, be pleased to allow the most miserable sinner living in this world, who, having by Thy means been delivered from hell, and without any merit on his part been so benefited by Thee, and who is filled with love for Thee, to love Thee. 
I would desire, were it in my power, to let all men who know thee not know how worthy thou art of love, that all might love and honour thee. I would desire to die for love of thee, in defence of thy virginity, of thy dignity of mother of God, of thy immaculate conception, should this be necessary, to uphold these thy great privileges. Ah, my most beloved mother, accept this my ardent desire, and never allow a servant of thine who loves thee to become the enemy of thy God, whom thou lovest so much. Alas, poor me, I was so for a time, when I offended my Lord. But then, O Mary, I loved thee but little, and strove but little to be beloved by thee. But now there is nothing that I so much desire, after the grace of God, as to love and be beloved by thee. I am not discouraged on account of my past sins, for I know that thou, O most benign and gracious lady, dost not disdain to love even the most wretched sinners who love thee. Nay more, that thou never allowest thyself to be surpassed by any in love. Ah, queen most worthy of love, I desire to love thee in heaven. There at thy feet I shall better know how worthy thou art of love, how much thou hast done to save me, and thus I shall love thee with greater love, and love thee eternally, without fear of ever ceasing to love thee. O Mary, I hope most certainly to be saved by thy means. Pray to Jesus for me. Nothing else is needed. Thou hast to save me. Thou art my hope. I will therefore always sing, O Mary, my hope, thou hast to save me. All right, and that's where we'll stop with our readings for today and conclude chapter 8 of The Glories of Mary. A nice reading from St. Alphonsus today to conclude a wonderful chapter from this book. And as we near the end of the first part of The Glories of Mary, where St. Alphonsus breaks down the Salve Regina, the Hail Holy Queen prayer, I find for my part here in the commentary post-reading that most of the points, most of the sentiments that these readings bring to mind, of course, St. Alphonsus has already elaborated on in a much more beautiful way than I do. We all know, as we've read, how important devotion to our Blessed Mother is. We know how worthy she is of love, how much she's done for our salvation, how much she does for us, the graces she obtains for us, the importance of Our Lady in our life, how loving and kind and sweet of a mother we have in Our Lady. These are things we've read about and reflected on multiple times. Of course, they bear repeating because we know in today's world how easy it is for us to forget our resolutions or to forget the good things we realize on a daily basis. Obviously, it's so important to be constantly reminded about the things that truly matter, because the world constantly tries to distract us with, well, truthfully, a lot of things that don't matter. We know that the business of saving our souls is the most important business we can tend to, so whatever pushes us closer to recognizing that responsibility, that goal, that mission that we're all on, and keeps us focused on it, well, obviously, it's good for us to busy our minds with those types of things, so that we don't lose sight of that great goal, even for a moment because we know that the devil can look for just one moment to catch a soul unaware and try to lead them into sin or lead them away from the good they're trying to do. You know, the constant dangers we're faced with in this life, so we have to always be on our guard. So that's another good reason that even in the glories of Mary, where St. Alphonsus makes similar points about Our Lady all throughout the first part of this book, speaking about the Salve Regina, he makes similar points about Our Lady or similar sentiments he reminds us of and and proposes us to reflect upon. It's important because of that very reason. How often can we lose sight of it when we're going through a trial? Do we have that confidence in our Blessed Mother to obtain us the graces to get through it? Do we say one day that we're confident in her intercession, and then other days that confidence is almost nowhere to be found? Of course, we all deal with that fight against those inclinations to our poor, weak human nature. And that's really why there's a great importance in always keeping before our minds that the life we are in is a battle, a true spiritual combat. 
and even though we can't always see or perceive the battle going on in or around us, nevertheless it is certainly still occurring. So with all that being said, of course we turn to these truths about Our Lady that we've been reflecting on throughout the glories of Mary, and throughout the many different books there are about our Blessed Mother and devotion to her, and we try to keep them fresh before our minds, because the more we reflect about it, we see how necessary and how key devotion to Our Lady is to really helping us persevere through this life and making it to heaven and reaching that ultimate goal. All throughout the glories of Mary, but especially here in chapter 8, we read about how Our Lady really helps us obtain that goal, saving us from hell and leading us to heaven. And of course, how she helps and consoles her clients in purgatory if they have the misfortune to have to go there. But in life and in death, Our Lady is a faithful mother, our faithful queen, and is such a wonderful gift from God given to us, not only to be an example for us to follow, an intercessor for us to call on, but she is our mother and cares for us like a mother. So although these are points that have been made before on the Children of Our Lady podcast, it's so important for us to keep constant before our minds, to turn to Our Lady and have confidence in her, no matter what cross we may have to bear or hardship we have to deal with, whether it's within ourselves or in our families. No matter how much the weight of this life, the miseries of this life may start to bring us down or tempt us to discouragement or despair even, we know Our Lady is there to help us, and with the help of her intercession, obtaining for us all the graces from God that we need, one day we may be able to get out of this life of misery, this valley of tears, and to be there present at the feet of Our Lady in the kingdom of our Lord, where we'll never have to worry about troubles or hardships or sadness again but always be enjoying that perfect happiness that is found in heaven alone, being there forever with our Lord, with our Lady, with the saints, with the angels, with, hopefully, our loved ones who have persevered and made it to that wonderful kingdom of heaven. All of this for all eternity. So as we continue to go through this Christmas season and through this new year of 2024, hopefully we can all draw closer to Our Lady and trust more in her intercession and protection and be faithful clients of her so that everything we've reflected on in the glories of Mary will apply to us. We have more than enough reasons to serve our Blessed Mother. Of course, she is so worthy of our love and of our servitude. And most importantly, it is so pleasing to our Lord when we go to Our Lady, when we have confidence in her intercession, when we follow that same path that our Lord took to come to us, and that is through our Blessed Mother. So I think that's where I'll stop with the commentary for today and move into our quote, which actually I thought it was most fitting at the end of this chapter 8 to take a quote from chapter 8, as I thought it spoke very well to the whole arc of the chapter of Our Lady delivering her clients from hell, succoring them in purgatory, and ultimately leading them to heaven. So today's quote comes from our reading from the Glories of Mary, where St. Alphonsus quoted St. Bernard, and it reads, May the infinite goodness of our Lord be ever praised, for having been pleased to give us Mary as our advocate in heaven, that she, being at the same time the mother of our judge and a mother of mercy, may be able, by her intercession, to conduct to a prosperous issue the great affair of our eternal salvation. A good reminder from St. Bernard reminding us to thank God always for the wonderful gift that he has given us in our Blessed Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Well, I think this is a good place to conclude our episode today with our own prayer to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. St. Alphonsus de Liguori, pray for us. St. Bernard, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, I thank you all, as always, for coming by to another episode of the Children of Our Lady podcast brought to you by the Catholic Family Podcast. God bless you all, and Mary keep you. May we praise him there.